Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash hidden, H-I-D-D-E-N. Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So, no strings attached. We're giving you a free book. You've heard us talk about how much we love Audible. Go give them a shot. And once again, promo code HIDDEN for audibletrial.com slash hidden. As always, we are sponsored by Illuminatus. Their pre-rolls are made like no other pre-roll out there. And they come in a sativa and indica blend, offering a discreet and satisfying experience every single time. Illuminatus products are always guaranteed to meet all government testing standards. So check them out at IlluminatusBrand.com and on Instagram at Team underscore Illuminatus. Talk a little low? No, 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 you're good. We're good? Yeah. So we just uh, finished watching episode five. Episode five of the la- five of the last dance. Since it uh, is about to wrap up here. Yeah. So we we were gonna do one on all of them, but I don't want to sit here and watch fucking ten hours worth of episodes. So the, we're gonna give you the last five. The first the first half is pretty much just boring. It's the origin story. You guys all know it. Yeah. We we don't need to go over him not winning championships. Yeah. None of the good stuff happens in the first four episodes. Yeah. But so, episode five is where it kind of really starts getting interesting. It's where takeoff happens. This yeah. is now he's he's an established star. Yeah, yeah, and it starts out with the uh, the Kobe tribute. Yeah, and as the, they say, uh, that Laker boy going to take everybody one on one. Yeah, yeah, in the All Star game, which was pretty funny. Which I I just looked up the the box score for the that All Star game, and Kobe went seven to sixteen. He had eighteen points. And Jordan went ten at eighteen with twenty three points. So Kobe actually did pretty well in that game. Like he, Kobe he, was also like barely twenty. Uh, yeah, he would have been yeah nineteen twenty at the time. Yeah, yeah. So he he did pretty well, but it did feel kind of weird that they got the Kobe shit in there. Like it, it's a little it's a little disconcerting. It's like watching a ghost. Yeah, it feels like they meant to do more interviews with Kobe. Because I feel they like they probably did, to be honest. I feel like he should have been in this documentary series as a whole way more. Because this episode is it so far. It's it, pretty much it. Yeah. He's he's in it for like For the first fifteen minutes is pretty yeah. much it. And his part is probably only four or five minutes. Yeah. It's just the all star game. And him talking about Michael being a big brother, and then they just kind of go on never. And then he had again. a then he had a plane ride scheduled, and <laughs> yeah, and then a helicopter fucking crashed into the hills, and he was never to be interviewed again. But yeah, it was funny that they were already uh, talking about him being a fucking ball hog, talking about him just shooting the shit out of the ball. Yeah, which is always my favorite Kobe. And I- then Jordan even he even had the the quote that. Uh, they they used to go they they would call it a Kobe rebound, which is like you get the rebound off his or a Kobe assist, yeah, where you Kobe get the, the rebound off his miss, and that's essentially what Jordan said he would make him do as a teammate. It's like I'm not passing you the fucking ball, yeah, you, get a rebound. You want the ball, you gotta go rebound. So 
Jordan almost coined the uh, the Kobe assist. I wonder if that's what he saw in him, just to the willingness to shoot every single time and not pass to anyone else. Well, because this is the year after Kobe airballs all the fucking threes in the playoff game against the Jazz as a rookie. I was at that game. Really? The <laughs> the one where he... Where he airballed those? Yep. Yeah. I remembered very well. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, he uh, Kobe did not have a uh, clutch start to his... No, no, he was, uh, but he was always bold. He left the league the way he came in, shooting the shit out of the ball. Crashing a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of clutch, you know, clutch reminds me of the sports agency, but they then go on to talk about uh, well, ProServe, which is the agency uh, Jordan, Jordan signed. signed to, and it eventually yeah. got him his uh, shoe deal. His Nike deal. His Nike deal. Which they don't talk about it, but in the uh, in some of his books, the what made the Nike deal so lucrative was that he owned a portion of the sales of each shoe. It's like 50 cent vitamin water. Yeah, so he made a fuckload of money because they, they sold a fuckload of those shoes and he was getting a percentage on every pair. What I was more surprised by is they showed, like Converse was the official shoe of the NBA back then, and they showed them, and I didn't realize how similar the the jordan ones were to the converse high tops at the time i mean the technology to make the shoes wasn't very advanced i mean when they showed the nike shit with their like groundbreaking technology it looked like a it was some an shitty, atari video yeah, like, it was like some, yeah. some shitty matrix cgi it was like the atari days of thunder video game but his whole yeah, I, for some reason, I had it in my head as, like, they invented that style of shoe. Not really. Nah, they just stole it. They just kind of stole it from Converse and, and put a different logo on it. And got lucky with Michael. Yeah. I'm just more impressed that those dudes played in those shitty shoes. Yeah, I can't imagine it being easy to play in high-top fucking it, Converse. It's like blasphemy to play in Jordans these days. Like, if you showed up to park to to the park to play in a fresh pair of Jordans, people would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What well, are you he, doing? He talks about the uh, about it in this episode because his last game in 93 where he goes back to the garden, he plays in his, or 90... Uh, 98, yeah. Was it 98? Uh, yeah. Oh, I thought it was his first retirement, but uh, in 98 when he goes back to the garden to play, he plays in his... Uh, Jordan ones. And he talks about how his feet were just yeah. fucking bleeding, just bleeding at halftime. Yeah, he said his socks were just soaked through with blood when he took his shoes off. But Michael's a lunatic, and he was having a good game, so he's not going to change the fucking shoes. Didn't want to switch it up. That uh, oh, <laughs> we we couldn't find the line, but there was a point uh in this episode. Oh where... yeah, when he's cooking in the he's cooking in the Knicks game, and they hit him with a. Michael Jordan is hot as a cabbage patch tonight. Yeah, he's hot as a cabbage patch doll. Yeah. Uh, Which is the most 90s reference they had in this, it this was, episode. It was a little dated. It was, uh, so was some of his fashion choices in these episodes. The the coogee fucking sweaters and shit. Which, once again, if a white man wears that outfit, you, you report can't. him. You can't. No white man could wear the outfit. Yeah. Mac, Mac Miller tried to pull it off a few times. You just couldn't do it. Yeah. Nobody can ever can ever rock that particular pattern. You just unless you're, uh, I guess, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's really only rappers who can wear yeah. that. No ordinary human being has any reason to wear such an obnoxious sweater. And speaking of things people can't do, uh, Michael Jordan cannot fucking act. They no. sh they no. show his commercials. 
I watched a little bit of Space Jam not too long ago. Like, I do not remember Space Jam being as bad as it was. That's what I'll give LeBron over MJ. LeBron's a pretty good actor. Jordan is legitimately the bad. worst actor to ever appear on the big screen. For as much uh, as for as much acting as he did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's not good. He was fucking awful. He he's was not good stiff. at all. He, it was like wooden and odd. It it seemed like he didn't know how to behave with a camera turned on. He didn't know how to be a... I mean, yeah, he was pretty much like having to play a part. Which is odd because like during all his post-game shit, he was... Pretty he was, good. He's yeah, pretty he media really, savvy. Yeah, he was really fucking smooth and just like... I guess maybe the and, like Mike shit was early on. Yeah, he he wasn't broken in yet. But and even the the commercial he did with Spike Lee, it was like awkward and that's true. I mean, he did have just he's not OJ, he's no OJ. Let's just be honest. No, no, he just he he didn't OJ have the, uh... sold the shit out of Hertz. <laughs> OJ knew how to do a commercial. Yeah, and OJ knew how to commit a murder, which. Maybe, well, I guess the, we'll get to that in a future episode. Yeah. <laughs> murder comes along. Speaking of murder, he does. This is uh, one of the episodes where he gets another uh, body added to his count with Clyde Drexler. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, so this was the series where b- before, like, leading up to the game, they were talking about how Clyde Drexler might be at least equal or better than yeah. MJ. It was and- a debate. And he had a better three-point shot. So this is the game where Jordan comes out and hits six threes in the first half and hits him with the shrug. Yeah, he just he just murders him. And poor Clyde never recovers from it. Speaking of poor Clyde, the other thing I noticed was Clyde was only 30. He looked like he was 45. He's kind of always had that vibe. He was... Even if you see the pictures of him at, like, Houston, he always kind of looks like 20 years older than he is. He was black... Alex Caruso, like, he just looks... Yeah, that's a pretty good way to actually... That's actually a pretty good comparison. Yeah, he looks way fucking older than he is. already balding, and, like, balding bad. Yeah, if someone had told me he was, like, 47 in yeah. that series, I'd be like, eh, yeah, probably, yeah, somewhere you see, in there. You do see him next to each other, and you're like, wait, they were drafted the same year? Are yeah, that's pretty really? nuts. And then, uh... I will give Clyde this, though. He hasn't aged worse since. He's just always looked 45. Well, that's the thing about aging that quickly is you look like you're 50 when you're 20, but you also look like you're 50 when you're 60. Yeah. You you just, you got stuck at that age. Yeah, you just have to live with it longer. <laughs> and someone who didn't live, fucking Jerry Krause. So after the, the Bulls win the series, Jerry Krause is yeah. very drunk in the locker room. And this is a theme throughout the documentary it, yeah. with uh, the short fat man. Wanting more credit than yeah, his due. and Jerry Krause is just talking about how the org—it's really the organization that deserves yeah. the credit. You know what I'm—you know what I'm proud of? The organization who built this team. Yeah, I, this is the best organization in the history of the league. Like, how about uh, Michael Fucking Jordan and yeah. Scottie Pippen? They did a pretty good job in that series. Look, I know we have Michael and Scottie, but they really don't do much. I do all the heavy lifting. <laughs> but as a fat drunkard, yeah. I'd like more of the credit for the athleticism of he, this team. He really is the poster child for little man syndrome. Yeah, and, like he's just fat Napoleon, and he thought like I don't. He's the one who fucked over Tony Kukoc, kind of going into the uh, dream team thing. Yeah, going here. into the well. Before we go to poor Tony, we can we got to shout poor out Phil. Isaiah too. Yeah, hmm. but we got to shout out Phil because oh. when they show them <laughs> celebrating that championship, Phil is fucked up, 
before anybody else. He is so zooted when Phil he Phil Jackson looks lit to the gills when he's walking out. He's, he got he's a, got a cigar and a Miller Lite in the same hand. Yeah. And eyes, he looks stoned as fuck. Eyes super chinky. Just yeah. giving Michael a what up and... Phil's, going, Phil's already dipping out to go party. The Zen master was off to find a fucking sheet of acid and party in the woods. Fuck yeah, bro. He was about to talk to his spirit animal that told him about the triangle. But from there, they, they kind of transitioned to the dream team and how everyone just hated fucking Isaiah Thomas. You know what's funny is I could actually see Phil like dropping acid and watching game film and being like, huh. So this is how I could do this. Well, he kind of credits acid in his book for like helping him develops my out of the box thinking because he's such a like native american buff that i could just see him like walking into the forest with just like his playbook he and like a bucket of mushrooms and just eating them and convening with the spirits to come up with new plays to get michael the ball he went on a vision quest to develop the triangle fucking offense or maybe his spirit animal came down and just said give michael the ball that was (laughs) it was like sacred geometry to him the triangle is the sacred geometry He, he was reveal the dmt uh which and you want, you want to know funny this is completely separate from the documentary but the cleaner who actually kind of looks like an armenian uh phil jackson uh-huh. once gave me this <laughs> very random and specific uh talk about a tr- perfect triangle and the pythagorean <laughs> theorem I remember it very specifically. So maybe it is a thing with that generation. They really like triangles. It was it was big back in the day. Um, and then, but moving back to Tony, yeah. yeah. So Jerry Krause is talking all this shit after they just win their second championship. He starts talking about how Tony Kukoc is going to be the fucking future of the Bulls, yeah. which is funny because one, they draft him, and poor Tony is living in a war torn Croatia. Yeah, or Yugoslavia, is, whatever yeah, the fuck Yugoslavia, it was. Yugoslavia, whatever, whatever it used to be, uh, and with like three civil wars going uh, on. Yeah, and he's trying to stay there to help take yeah. care of his family and play in a European league. And this is the way the contracts worked back in, then, because there weren't as many European players. They didn't really get paid shit when they came over here. So he was, as he mentioned, making millions of dollars playing in the Euro League because that was a big league. So he had no reason to come over. So he just chilled over there for a few years. Yeah, he would have been taking a significant pay cut to yeah. come play which, in the NBA. Which then led to the Dream Team playing them in the Olympics. And uh, let's just say Michael and Scotty aren't kind. They weren't fans. Because at the time, Scotty Pippen was being vastly underpaid, and they are yes. about to pay Kukoc. And uh, Scotty kind of shut his shit down the first game. Yeah, Scotty and Michael do not like Jerry. In fact, in their celebration... Jerry Krause asked Michael's, Michael for a cigar, and he says, nah, it'll stunt your growth, Jerry. Yeah, Michael is constantly talking shit to Jerry Krause, who, who is now dead and can't uh, rebut any of this. So he's just allowed to look like shit in this documentary. Scotty Pippen. Uh, and not he, defend himself. Scotty Pippen talks a lot of shit, too. Scotty Pippen also looks like a 60-year-old black woman in this. Like, if he put on a, one of also, those, like, Yeah, fucking, he had, like, a wig. Yeah. The, the, RuPaul, the RuPaul shit. Can we also talk about how he sounds like the Marlboro Man? Oh, Scotty Pippen? Yo, his voice. Michael Jordan is the one who chain smokes cigars. How does Scotty sound like he fucking is going three packs a day? I don't know, but Scotty Pippen is, he's a weird looking dude. I never really realized (laughs) it, but he's just a. He's got an odd shaped head. He's strange. Like, you know the kid and play haircut? 
Yeah. Like his yeah. head looks like that haircut. He's got the skull. Of yeah. The <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> even without the hair, he looks like the fucking kid and play haircut. Just a weird alien feature of a man. I mean, fuck, for all I know, they might be aliens. If you put me, if if aliens came down and they saw me standing next to Scottie Pippen, they would go, oh, these are two different species? A hundred percent. Yeah, like, for all we know, one of us is the alien, because uh, I don't know what I have in common with Scottie Pippen other than the fact that I love hoops, because uh, <laughs> his nose is about as long as my head. He's He's... The next iteration of man. I mean, yeah. Look, so slavery is obviously not a good thing, <laughs> but this is what happens when you selectively breed based on physical capabilities for get, a few hundred years. You get you fucking, get someone who can put up a fucking twenty and ten. Yeah, yeah, and it's paid off. And hey, as a long play, it's paid off. There's a lot of millionaires now. So after the dream team wins, the the rest of the episode, uh, they sort of touch on the... uh, The Isaiah issue? Well, yeah, the Isaiah thing where everyone hates Isaiah because the fucking Pistons tried to injure everyone, so no one wanted to fucking play with him. Do you also think some of it was because of the uh, gay shit they said he did with magic? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's 100% part of it. Because black dudes, especially like black alpha male dudes, don't really do that gay shit. Yeah, no, everyone thought Magic was at least, like, bisexual because he had AIDS. Yeah, and they all thought it was because he fucked Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> so, everyone on that team had a reason to hate Isaiah Thomas, and he was shocked he was left off the team. I honestly just think everyone in general hated Isaiah Thomas. And and segueing from hatred, uh, they they talk about the uh, the Republicans by sneaker comment yeah which i get jordan said he was just fucking around on the bus with teammates and like duh. someone took it out of context duh but then they do also go on to talk about that uh like governor race where he wouldn't endorse yeah, the guy who that, was like that was a bit rough <laughs> the guy who won was talking this was what was, was it 93 this was 93 yeah and the guy was talking about like maybe we should bring segregation back to the schools well he was like look I just if we bring a choice system back of whether you want segregated or not segregated schools, I will be honest. I would choose segregated. Yeah, it it he he was surprisingly upfront and racist. He was a very openly racist. Yeah, like not he was casual about it. Although I like that Michael said he was like, "Look, I I'm just a basketball player." Uh, I'm not fucking my money up. Yeah, I'm not a politician, which I wish more people would do now. Like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, like, yeah, please. That's that's another yeah. thing that made him the goat. Yeah, he. he I liked him because he played basketball. Yeah, you put the ball in the hoop. Good. I don't care about who you're endorsing in the yeah the gubernatorial election. Yeah, like what does Michael even know about politics? As he would admit himself, fucking nothing. Every time someone comes out and does something, look at LeBron with China. Like, yeah. it, it, whatever Just you be say, honest, bro. 50% of people are going to fucking hate yeah. you. We get it. That yen cash a lot of checks. Yeah, just come out. I don't know shit about politics. Like, I, I fucking, yeah. I'm, I'm playing basketball. Give me a fucking break. It's, I think it's the, the best example from this episode of the MJ mindset that makes him the GOAT. And another person, well, this person is viewed as a goat in his own field, but I fucking hate Seinfeld makes an appearance in this episode oh, yeah. towards the end. Jerry and, has to come in and fucking white everything up. And fuck up the vibe. He fucks up the vibe heavy. Yeah. Like, it's very awkward. They definitely paid to get him in because he had that new Netflix special coming out. 
yeah, is Seinfeld just he looks like he's never played sports before and talks like it too. Like he just wanted to be there because Michael Jordan was there. Yeah, no, that was a, I assume it was like he had some sort of TV appearance coming up probably. And that was a promotional. It, it was because it was very forced. It was fucking bizarre. Like it was clear the two weren't friends. And then Phil Jackson kind of kicked him out of the locker room. As yeah. soon as he walked in, Phil came in and said, what the fuck are you doing in here? And then Seinfeld made some shitty joke yeah. about like that play's not yeah. going to work. That isn't going to work. I wish someone would just beat his ass. <laughs> if someone would just beat the shit out of Seinfeld. Phil would have just walked in and be like, Jerry, you fucking idiot. Yeah, and just just bitch slap him and say, get out of my locker room. So I think uh, I think that pretty much covers episode five. Yeah, that's a good uh, summary. We'll uh, we'll go on to episode six and see what see what else comes comes about. All right. Well, do we say Mamba out here, or uh, are we going to tag uh, episode six onto this? The uh, M- Mamba Mamba timeout. Considering out. Mamba timeout. <laughs> yeah. That episode should have just been called uh, "Fuck Everybody." Pretty much. Just Pretty much. Fuck. Fuck off. I I just want to drink in my hotel room. Yeah. Please just let me drink in peace. I've never related to Michael Jordan so much as more I than did that. Dur- yeah, this episode really like that hit home. It it starts with him just talking about like it's just not fun being him, and he likes being in his hotel room because no one can fucking bother him. Yeah, because he can sit and smoke a cigar in peace. Like fucking preach, brother. I just want to get shit faced in a room alone where no one can bother me. Yeah, goat shit. But yeah, it it starts with that in the episode, and then it shows he's just fucking constantly mobbed. Yeah. Like everywhere he goes, as soon as he leaves the hotel room, there's just hundreds of people in the lobby, and then it, like everywhere he goes, walking down the street, people are asking for autographs. It's it's exhausting just watching it. It's just a constant barrage of him yeah. having to do shit, and he talks about being ready and this is what 90 93 93 the, the first retirement yeah and he's, he's already talking about how he's ready to yeah he's already sick of this shit get out of the spotlight yeah but we'll we'll circle back around to that because they right. talk about that more at the end of the episode this episode has one of my favorite scenes which is uh him playing that weird game he made up. Oh yeah, his <laughs> coin game. Yeah, where he he and uh, his security guard are are throwing a quarter against a wall, yeah. and whoever's quarter lands closest wins. He has he definitely doesn't have a problem though. Yeah, exactly. He's just making up shit so yeah. he can bet people. Yeah, he's just inventing games just so he can gamble on them. And, and the I game is it... the game is literally just who can throw this quarter the, f- the farthest without like hitting the wall. It's like something you would invent if you were in a prison camp, like if yeah. you were a POW and you like had to invent a game. If to you keep were in, you, a, in yourself, a Holocaust camp, yeah, to keep yourself busy, this is the game you would invent. <laughs> and Jordan fucking loses to uh, his yeah, his security loses, guard, and he's fucking he, mad. Yeah, he kind of looks angry. He, the, he doesn't look angry. He is angry. The security guard hits him with a shrug. The dude has a sick mullet. It's a like a Jerry curl mullet. I will say that dude is the only person to successfully talk shit to Michael Jordan in this whole documentary. You know what I found out about him is that guy was actually he was like an undercover agent. So that's why he like he was spying on Michael. No, no, he was an undercover cop before Michael hired him. Yeah. So like that's why he looked like that. I think he was doing like cocaine buys and shit. So he (laughs) he had he had to have a fucking. He needed a Jerry Curl mullet because he was a 
Yo, you know how suspicious I would be if a motherfucker showed up with that haircut to buy a <laughs> kilo of coke off of me? Not in the early 90s, man. That was the style. That's exactly oh. the kind of man who was going to show up <laughs> to buy a kilo of coke off of you. That looks like fucking Weird Al got a fucking bleach job. Yeah, but because uh, the first time I, I watched this documentary, I was like, there's got to be more to that guy's story. That guy is unfortunately dead, so RIP to him. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that That's... dude is one of the heroes of this whole documentary. He cracks me up. But yeah, so he was he got hired as Jordan's personal security, and I think he's also the one on like the first day of his job, Jordan gave him the keys to his uh, his like Land Rover or whatever and told him to park it. And he was all like sleep deprived and shit, and he fucking backed it into something and broke the window. <laughs> and he told Michael, "He's like, I'll just take it out of my paycheck." And for some reason, Jordan kept him around. I don't know, probably because he liked the idea of having like a secret agent on his staff. He probably wanted somebody who could steal dirt if he needed it. Yeah, or a guy who could find him a kilo of blow yeah. at any given moment. A man who knows how to make a body disappear. Which does kind of segue into. When they're, well, we'll get there. We'll we'll get there. But the the cocaine does kind of circle back around on this episode too. Uh, but after the the coin throwing game, they also talk. It just shows it's it's Scotty and Michael on like the trainers' tables yeah, after a game. Scotty, Michael, and uh, Ron Harper, and they're both they're all just sitting there drinking yeah. Millers and smoking cigars. Yeah. Before they even go do press yeah. after the game. And Scotty, we don't want y'all filming us drinking no beer. <laughs> yeah, Scotty starts talking about it. like, this is all we think about in the fourth quarter. <laughs> it's cold beer. Like, everyone was just a fucking alcoholic. <laughs> that, is, that was what made the 90s so great. They were all just degenerates. And somehow still in great shape. I don't... That, well, I mean, if you burn enough calories, you can drink all you want. Sweat out the alcohol, I guess. What's more impressive is, is Michael the last like great athlete to smoke? I can't think of anyone. Because the health, once, like, well, after the 90s, people realized how bad tobacco was. It depends on, yeah, it depends on if you define it as tobacco smoke. Because what's his name was smoke, the tennis player, Andre Agassi, right? He was smoking oh. meth. Well, yeah. He had, like, a wig and shit. That to doesn't cover quite up. count. I mean, like, tobacco. tobacco? Things yeah. that would be considered, like, tobacco and cigarettes. Yeah, I think... Uh, like, there's not many modern NBA players who are smoking, like, cigarettes after a game. Well, and Jordan also talks about in this episode how when he came into the league, players were drinking at halftime. Yeah, oh, he came into the league at the height... And smoking cigarettes at halftime. Yeah, at the height of the drug problem. Which, I, I've i heard stories of Ron Artest drinking Henny at halftime, That's, and, and, like, J.R. Smith, but... Well, Ron Artest has admitted to it. That's not a story. Yeah. <laughs> Ron Artez did that shit. Which, I mean, if it doesn't really fuck with your game, like, eh. well, hey, man, well, if it gets you a not? little loose, maybe if maybe it numbs a little pain. Yeah, loosens you up a little bit. Maybe he relax, was, get in the zone. Maybe he was hungover. So from from all the fun of drinking beer, they then talk about how that fucking snitch uh, yeah. of a journalist, what's his name, Sam, Sam Smith, and yeah. then our boy Horace was uh, accused of snitching to him. Yeah, so Sam Smith puts out that book, uh, Jordan Rules, yeah. it, and it goes over. People were shocked to learn this is like the first revelation yeah. that Michael Jordan was a bit of a dick to his teammates. Yeah, they realize, oh no, Michael may be difficult to deal with. 
it's funny to see people buy into the media narrative so heavy back then where they're like, well, Gatorade McDonald's said he was a good guy. So but, I don't, I don't understand but, this. But in like Mike, he's like, he's like being with the children. Like, no, he's gotta be a good guy. Why would they want to be like him? Why, why would McDonald's lie to yeah. us? Yeah. It turns out the uber competitive, uh, cigar smoking alcoholic might be a little difficult. And then another fucking, fucking Jerry Krause. Yeah. Jerry Krause earmarks like 20 passages from the book, and then he pulls Phil Jackson yeah. into his office. He, like out of a movie, that's like a scene out of Wolf of yeah. Wall Street. Like he types out every quote that made him yeah. angry, puts it on a wall, and makes, yeah, Phil come in and not just look at them. He makes Phil read them to him. And then they try and figure out who the snitch was. Like, he's trying to crack some sort of great case. Like, that sounds like something Kim Jong-un would have done before he died. Yeah, it's just, it's a ridiculous, it's a ridiculous move. Like, who the fuck cares? It's, it's actually one of the funniest things to imagine, because I can imagine Phil walking in there and having that fat fuck be like, Phil, I can't believe you, this fuck, can you read this shit? And Phil just had to go, <sighs> You know who Jerry? Okay, Jerry, Jerry I'll you, read you. I'll read you the quotes. You know who Jerry Krause is? He's he's the guy from the Daily Bugle who demanded pictures of Spider Man. Yeah, like he and then said he, the pictures weren't good enough. Yeah, he looks like that guy. He he modeled his leadership off of I need pictures of Spider Man. Yeah, and he was then just when, a fat suspender wearing fuck who pounded on desks. And then when and this, the paper started selling, yeah, I knew it was going to be a hit. Need more Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. I just want to say that this is the greatest administration I ever. just want to talk about how I did a really good job. <laughs> he really has a slave owner mentality to him where, like, man, I grew a great crop this year. It's like, dude, you didn't even step one foot in the fucking garden at all. Yeah, all the players hate you and make fun of you. In front of you, not even behind your back. They do it to your face. That's one of my favorite parts about this team, and I think that's what makes them one of the great teams, is that, yeah, they were mocking the man paying them to his face. It's and not, not like, gently mocking. Like, pretty much just being mean. Yeah, well, well Michael, Michael knew he was above reproach at that point. Well, Scotty, I think, actually is worse. Well, he was the one who had a reason to be pissed off. He I signed know. like a a seven year two dollar deal. That's what I mean. I don't remember if it was one of one of the earlier episodes, but at some point, Scotty's drunk after they're celebrating, and he immediately just starts like ragging on Jerry and says some fucked up shit. Scotty was probably in the back picking up those quarters after they played. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need this money. Yeah, I think it might have been in like episode two or whatever, and they when they focus on Scotty and. Yeah, at one point they Phil had to go to him and be like, "Hey, you need to like calm down. Like you're going a little too far." Yeah, chill out with the hating the guy writing your paycheck. But Jerry Krause does seem like a fat fucking piece of shit. He does not come across as likable. Uh, and speaking of unlikable, this is uh, the season with the Knicks series, and it's uh, of course hilarious to hear the Knicks being mentioned as like a tough good yeah, team, a tough team to anyone born. Uh, after 1990, yeah. we've never seen the Knicks win more than like 45 games. Yeah, the last time the Knicks were like a legit threat, you and I were five or six years old. Yeah, the Knicks are a punchline. And Pat Riley's tactic was essentially injure Michael Jordan, yeah. which isn't a bad... Like, hey, the, it, the Pistons, it worked for them. Like, that's about as good as you're going to come up with. Like, hey... Our only hope is if we tear his ACL, so go for the knees. Yeah, like, just fucking, just hurt him. 
He, he's honest about it, at least. Look, the only he's it's right. The only way you have to beat Michael Jordan is if you hurt him. He should have gone full Tanya Harding and just kneecapped him with a crowbar. Kicked him while he's while he's walking down the court. But then this also has circling back around to the gambling. This is they go down. Uh, the this Bulls is go it, down. 0-1. This is when it first starts really coming out that Michael's uh, not a perfect human being. Yeah, they go down 0-1 to the Knicks, and Jordan heads off to Atlantic City. And this is also in the documentary where you can really see like the whitewashing Jordan does. Because yeah. he's just like, look, I went to Atlantic City. He he makes it sound like he did no drinking or gambling. I did write it down as uh, that like MJ does sound exactly like an addict trying to rationalize their behavior. A hundred percent. Yeah. He, he makes it sound like look, he went there for church yeah. or something. Look, I like to gamble. We wanted to go, you know, have a good time before the game. I like we were beer. out till 1231 <laughs> yeah. at the latest. Like, Michael, you know, you got back at like 530 and you were probably still a little drunk before the game. I don't have a problem. I could stop going to Atlantic City at two in the morning whenever I want. Yeah, I could stop anytime, but I'd like gambling. His reasoning for why he doesn't have a gambling problem in earlier episodes is essentially because he can afford it. Which I guess, like... It's kind of true. Yeah, that's pretty true. I mean, like, he really makes enough money to where it's almost impossible to gamble it all away. But the the Atlantic City shit hit sort of extra hard because this was also after Jordan had uh, gotten caught writing that check to Slim Bowler who uh, trafficked in... uh, Cocaine and cocaine accessories. Who Michael claims, allegedly? Yeah, who Michael claims to have not known that that dude wasn't uh, one of perfect character, which well, is bullshit. Because you take one look at that dude and you go, "Oh, he sells drugs." Yeah, like where the fuck else was that money coming? That's a, another thing I wrote down. Where I was like, he's clearly whitewashing this. Like, who the fuck do you think has fifty-seven grand cash to be gambling? I, I think there were probably a few things. That could have had legal implications where they had to be a little selective about yeah. how they explained it because gambling laws are a little weird. Because even today, someone who's not a, a professional athlete, who the fuck has 50 grand cash? It's dr- drug dealers. Drug dealers are the only answer to that question. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess that and them and Michael Jordan. Yeah. So you. And the guy wasn't a professional athlete, so uh, it's pretty easy to do the math on who's got 50 racks laying around. Yeah, Uh, Mike don't ask questions. He just wanted to play. And speaking of golf, they do show him playing golf with, like, his teammates, and he just looks mad as fuck the whole time. And he's just gambling the whole time. And he keeps missing because golf is fucking hard. But he's so fucking petty. He was arguing with that, like, the caddy about a $20 bet. Yeah. Yeah, about the rules, yeah. yeah. Saying he had agreed to it, and the other yeah. dude was just like, yeah, okay, fine, Mike, fine. <laughs> he's, he's arguing about 20 fucking dollars. Yeah. Michael doesn't even know what a 20 looks like. So but, there there was, this this episode really was heavy on his gambling. Well, uh, and then the other part of the uh, whole golfing experience was uh, MJ just saying that uh, Phil knows everyone needs a break, which is just code for Phil Jackson realizes everybody needs like two days to go get fucked up. And I think that included Phil himself. Like I Phil... definitely included Phil himself. I think all. I think this is what made them such a good unit, is they were all built a little, a little bit the same. So they all needed two days to just go get wrecked, and then they could come back fresh. Yeah, Phil had to go do mushrooms and meditate in the forest and think about triangles. Dennis had to go fuck Carmen Electra. Yeah, and then 
<laughs> I don't think Dennis ever came back from his bender. Like I think he's still they go on, on the, that bender. That was that was one of the earlier episodes too. But Michael goes and gets him. Yeah, yeah. Michael has to drag him back. I think that bender that started in '97 is no, still going to it, this day. It's still going. I don't think he, he doesn't know where he is anymore. He's no. still there. He's still trying to unite the Koreas. Uh, <laughs> this. This episode also had uh, fucking Karate Kid villain Dan Madrily trying yeah. to guard Jordan in the finals Which for the Suns. Why would you ever put the white guy on Michael? I guess they thought he was... It was like how Reuben Patterson was the Kobe stopper. I guess Dan Madrily was the, the Jordan stopper. Uh, just the audacity of the Suns coach going, no, nah, I think he's got him. I I guess I don't know who else they put on him. I'm not I'd familiar put, enough with that fucking I'd Suns fucking, roster. I'd put Charles on him. Who else did they I don't they know. Have? Anybody but the white guy? They Their starting lineup for the Suns that year was... They were was, putting, like, him and Danny Ainge on him. So they had... Yeah, they had Danny Ainge. They had Richard Dumas, uh, Matt is, Lee, Kevin is, Johnson, Barkley. This is washed-up Danny Ainge. This isn't even good Danny Ainge. Yeah. God damn, that is a weak roster to make it to the fucking... Charles carried the fuck out of that team. Yeah, that's the one thing I'll always give to LeBron is, like, he might have lost a lot of finals, but he also lost to, like, the the Dynasty Spurs, the Dynasty Warriors, uh, the Dynasty that is Kawhi Leonard. Like, everybody (laughs) he's lost to has won multiple championships outside of the Mavericks. The Mavericks are the only ones that got him. And that was a fucking fluke run almost anyway. Dirk was unconscious for two straight months. Dirk just played out of his mind, yeah. So he might have had losses, but Michael was beating some teams that had, like, one good player. I guess the the argument could be made his his competition on the way to the finals was tougher. Like, he had to get through some much... Like, the Knicks was a much better team than what he played in the finals. So his yeah. his conference competition was more difficult than uh, what he was getting in the the actual finals at that point. But, yeah, you think of, like, what the Suns were, and then it's like, oh, the Warriors had uh, Steph, KD, Clay, and Draymond. Iguodala. It's like the Suns had uh, Charles and Danny Ainge. And old Danny Ainge. Yeah. Like and Dan oh, Madgerly. It's like, oh, I think LeBron would have handled them just fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm, so, pretty, I'm pretty sure LeBron is putting up 50 if Dan Madgerly is covering him. Which Jordan essentially did in this series. He averaged whatever it was, 40, 41. Yeah, some, 41. Which is fucking ridiculous. Let's see. Yeah, he averaged 41 in the money. Uh, 41, 8.5, and, and 6 with almost two steals a game. That's a that's a hell of a, a that's a that's dominance stat line. Yeah, that's dominance. So of course, with that dominance, this episode ends with them winning the fucking championship yeah. over the Suns, and, and then it, uh, the tra- first retirement, and then transitions back to pretty much just that Michael Jordan is a an addict, yeah, and an and alcoholic. He, he goes back talking about how much he hates uh, people being around him constantly, which I wish more of our modern players were just blatant alcoholics. You can't do it with social media. I know. That's all I was thinking. Like, they they managed to expose this much of his life in that era, in this era. Like, they'd literally have him on a camera 24-7. I mean, Michael literally says in this episode that his biggest life regret is being a role model. 
I feel like all the players from the 90s eventually at one point said that. Once Charles, De- he was, Charles Barkley is the fucking Rosa Parks of yeah. alcoholism. Yeah. Where it's like, just live your truth, brothers. Yeah, and just like, fucking be a piece of shit. Look, man, we don't got to lie about no yeah. more. And ironically enough, Charles Barkley is probably one of the better dudes. Just fucking. But yeah, he paved the way. Who you are. He he was he he was upfront about it. And yeah. you know what? The kids loved him more because of that. Yeah, he could have done be like my commercials, but with like fucking forties. Yeah, forties or Ducey or something. In fact, that would have been hilarious. Yeah. How did an alcohol company not go to Charles Barkley for his sponsorship? <laughs> I bet the NBA won't let him do it. It's the same way Weird Al turned down like a, a beer sponsorship because he didn't want the kids to think it was cool to drink. I guess. To all the kids listening to this, it's really cool to they drink. Didn't, they it's didn't, really fucking cool. They didn't restrict much advertising in the 90s, though. There weren't, weren't many rules. Nah, Colt 45 already had fucking Billy D. Look, in 93, cigarettes were still healthy. We still had the Marlboro 500. Yeah. It was a simpler time. It was a simpler time. All right. Well, on that note, uh, I think we'll we'll cut this episode here and we'll... Uh, on, we'll to, on to the next one. Yeah, Mamba out. Mamba timeout.